One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's mentally yours. Hi everyone, I'm Yvette and I'm Ellen and this is Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. We've got a very exciting show today. Ruby Wax is on here chatting about her new book, which is called How to Be Human. It's not just about mental health, it's about everything health and general human condition. Yeah, how to be a better human, basically. Also, we're chatting to a monk called Gaylong Tubton, and he's co-authored the book. Well, there's actually three of them. Mm. It's a really nice idea because they've got a monk, a neuroscientist and Ruby Wax. And, um, which sounds like the start of a joke. It does. If they walk into a bar, I'm not entirely sure what happens. (laughs) But we managed to tie down two of them today. Um, Oh, I was was so nervous about that, to be honest, because she's obviously such a big star. Yeah, she's literally the person who, whenever I mention I'm doing mental health stuff with, Mm. like, talk to Ruby Wax. It's like, it's not just in my phone book. It's Mm. not like anyone with a mental illness just suddenly has each other's numbers. Yeah, I feel like if we managed to get Stephen Fry, that'll be bingo, won't it? So the, that the mental health people, yeah, but yeah, literally my dad, um, people that I went on dates with, everyone said, well, mm. you have to talk to Ruby Wax, yeah, and, and now we finally have. We have. It's amazing. She's written a whole series of books um, on and around this sort of topic. She's been very vocal about it. She's kind of been the poster girl for it, I suppose, yeah, at one point for sure. And it's really interesting because you've got the different perspectives. You've got a neuroscientist, so you've got the basic scientific bits, you know, like explaining you know where you feel fear in the brain or you know how it affects your body and how depression affects your posture so really fascinating sort of details like that then you've also got um, the monk telling us about mindfulness and um, sort of the spirituality side of things and then yeah you've got Ruby tying it all together so it's a really interesting different book I don't think I've come across anything like this before no same and I think it's going to be good for kind of everyone to read I don't think it's just like, I wouldn't say, oh, this is just for mental health or this is a mental health book. No. It just sounds genuinely really interesting because who doesn't want to know, like, why we are the way we are and mm. why we make 
bad decisions and why we get angry about things and anxious about other stuff. Mm. I very rarely get to chat to monks. No. And I felt very at peace with the world, just having him next to us. Which so I think did I. Ru- yeah, Ruby He's- said that as well, just having, you know, just a monk around your house. It's like an air freshener. Mm. It's true. I also really want to go kayaking now. As she obviously, <laughs> as Ruby mentioned, um, kayaking and canoeing. So, Tub Ten and Ruby, how did you two first meet? At a conference, and our eyes met. So I said, uh, would you move into my house, please? Because <laughs> my kids had just left. And so he, when he's not touring the world, he stays there, and he's like a human air freshener. <laughs> That's um, did, how I treat him. When you say he's a, a human air freshener, do you mean he's sort of, he's on the same wavelength as you, helps you sort of be calm? Well, he, um, he did his monking. So, uh, yeah, there is a vibe around him. And he's funny. You know, I can abuse him and, uh, <laughs> and he gets it and he can throw it back. Can you tell us a little bit about your monking? Oh, yeah. I'm Go monking. for this story. I'm a Buddhist monk. I've been a monk for 25 years at a monastery in Scotland, Tibetan Buddhist monastery called Samueling. And now I'm not based at the monastery. I'm based uh, really on the road because I do a lot of teaching around the world. Um, Talk about your past. Well, I was very young when I became No, no, a about monk. when you were yeah, doing was, the jazz pianist. Well, I was 21 when I became a monk, and, and before that time I'd, I'd lived quite an intense life, quite wild in a way, and I'd done a lot. I'd worked in music as a pianist, I'd worked as an actor, and um, really burned out with stress quite young and went to a monastery to try and get my head back together, and I just stayed. I decided to stay as a monk. Do you ever miss the... You know, well, piano playing and no. acting. No. My life's really interesting now because of all the, the work I do, traveling around, meeting people, helping yeah. people. It's really, it's, I don't feel I'm missing anything. Reassuring. Probably all good during one of me. So, yeah, what's not to like? Exactly. Yeah, that was worth the monkhood. <laughs> Guests that we've had on before have talked about sort of how people can have like anxiety in their stomach. So, people, I think rather than think about, having someone on saying I've got anxiety and just thinking about it as a mental health issue, thinking about it as a whole human issue. I think we're, we're also um, expanding the definition of mental health in that it's not, it, obviously there are mental health issues and they're important to talk about, but just the general human condition, the health of our mind, the health of our mentality, everybody needs to think about that. So it's a wider definition. Mental health is like I'm already, it's, it's already sto- sounding cliche. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about what we were saying before, why we are the way we are, and it's not our fault. So if you wanted to know how we became, you know, what worked for us in the past, you know, we needed to be greedy. We needed to compare. It made us survive, and mm-hmm. we've won the evolutionary hunger game sitting here, so don't, you know, shirk it. But it's overwhelming now. So it's a trade-off. You know, what worked for us in the past is now slightly going out of skew. So people who feel, oh, my God, it's me. I should have done this. I'm screwing up. It's not. It's everybody. There's part of our brains have really advanced technologically. We're geniuses. But the other part never caught up. You know, we have caveman brains that aren't equipped for the 21st century. One thing I really enjoyed in your book is uh, when you were talking about happiness. Obviously, there's reams and reams sort of written about kind of the quest for happiness. How can we just be happier as people? It was nice that you sort of admitted that yourself. You're obviously incredibly successful. You've done all these things, you know, 
very loved sort of national treasure, but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy. You're you're just happy sort of all the time. Um, so first of all, I think it's nice that you've sort of said that in in the book. How can we all just be sort of generally happier on a day to day basis? And do you think that's a realistic, even a realistic thing to go for? It's it's probably the most dangerous thing that's around now because what is the definition? Like you want to say it's a buzz, then I could tell you a million ways to get a buzz, but you're going to get uh, seriously screwed if you try to keep the buzz going. You know, there's always a price to pay. So it's your choice. If you want to keep going from one hit to another, go for it. I mean, I can't tell the difference between having a cigarette, you know, when I'm really craving and being happy, you know, it's feeding your, your thing. But I think we're not talking about that. We're talking about like science. I don't know the science of happiness, you know, or um, it's not a new age book. It's everything is funny, but it's seeped in science and it's seeped in what the mind is. It, it, you know, we're not doing delusional aims, but there is um, we're presenting the problem, you know, and saying about addiction that it's not your fault. You know, and, but the second bit is once you understand the human condition, you can because of neuroplasticity, which is a fact, you can start changing it. You can start shifting it. We aren't set in stone. Mm-hmm. And then you can work your way toward I don't know what happiness means, but a life that's kind of um, uh, easier. You know, you can take the punches. I think it's also about what you do with your mind in every moment. So even when things are going wrong, if you can uh, deal with that in a different way and not be destroyed by it, um, that means you're, it's more to do with freedom than just a feeling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like Ruby was saying, for many people, is happiness just lurching from one buzz to the next? We're not negating the whole thing. I mean, in the book, so Rick Hansen says that we're Velcro for negativity, but Teflon for positivity. Mm-hmm. Again, because of evolution, mm-hmm. we do have out of five thoughts, four of them are negative. And again, we needed to think negatively. That's how we survived. But the majority of the population uh, is has anxiety, I would say, and burning out and kids are going under and there's cutting. So it's not my. It's not our imagination. We are trying to dig ourselves out of a hole now. Mm. What interested you about looking oh. at kind of the whole human condition from these different perspectives, including kind of the deep scientific side and also speaking to a monk as well? Well, it's the most interesting thing I can think of in the world. You know, I was, you want to turn the past or talk about the stars. I'm not smart enough to understand the Big Bang. But everything you are sitting here now is your mind. <laughs> and I don't know what's more interesting. Mm. And if you kind of understand it a little bit, that's freedom. Because you go, okay, I get it. But there is something called neuroplasticity, which is, again, a hard, cold fact that should be publicly known. And you can it, you don't want to say change it. I'm not going to be Einstein tomorrow, but it's more malleable than we thought. The, and the thrill of having these two experts is you want to know about the mind, you go to him. Mm-hmm. And you want to know where it is in the mind. You, we have this guy who doesn't even have to look it up. He's that he's that brilliant. So everything's substantiated. Everything's grounded in science. And he knows a little bit more than the average guy how a mind works. So I get to ask the guys rather than make it up myself. Are there any questions that Ruby's asked you where you've just been like stumped and you have no idea what to say? All of them. All of them. <laughs> no, it's it's great because she's really, she's challenged both yeah. Ash and myself in a great way. Ash and myself give a lot of lectures and um, 
we speak to audiences, but in this situation, Ruby was really testing us and asking us <laughs> very real questions and also not just swallowing whole what we were saying, but really dissecting it. And that was great. We learned from each other during mm. this process. We learned I was going to what did you learn from Ruby? Loads, loads. I learned, actually, I learned more about mindfulness mm. from Ruby. I learned about more about the brain from Ash. I learned about human life and also mindfulness from Ruby. It was, I learned a lot. You mentioned neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. That's the problem with that word. It's a great word, word, but I can't say it. (laughs) Sorry. You mentioned neuroplasticity a few times now. Um, First of all, what is it and how can people do it? I think it's about realizing that we are a set of habits and you can change those habits. We're not stuck the way we are. Uh, Whether you use mindfulness or other techniques, there are all kinds of different ways of doing this, but it's about learning that you can transform and you're not just stuck with the patterns and habits you think you, you are more than your habits. You know what I mean? You're bigger than your thoughts. Mm. And when you learn to observe your thoughts, you're coming from a place that is not stuck within that suffering, but able to see it. The, the main thing is you're, you're teaching yourself how not to take out the whip every time you do something. That's, and that can be trained. Otherwise, we might give the um, impression uh, suddenly I can get an IQ of 175 or now I'm a really nice person. It isn't that. The main habit, if you can train yourself like you can learning any language or any sport, is not to hold up the whip. And that's such a human tendency. And again, from evolution, we were supposed to do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have migrated or grown a thumb. Everything was a push to improve. So, of course, now in a world where you're seeing a supermodel in Russia, you know, and you're seeing somebody with a Lamborghini it's beyond what our little brain can take. We needed comparison, but now it's absurd. So we have to consciously train ourselves this time to say, okay, I didn't get that many likes. I'm not going to kill myself. That's the kind of training. And neuroplasticity is the fact that, and it's, again, it's not set in stone. Those billion, 100 billion neurons are switching all the time. Whatever you focus on, becomes who you are. So if I'm always looking for the negative, it isn't like all men are, you know, pigs. It's you are looking for that in some cases. I don't want to sound like, you know, in some cases, or a man may always seek, I don't know, um, he always has to uh, buy more and more because he thinks that it's a habit. It's not a reality. He doesn't need a bigger car. A woman doesn't always need to be attracted, you know, attractive. It's a habit. So if you can break some of that, it is liberating. Mm. Did you learn about any of your own kind of bad habits? Oh, I have zillions. And I still, oh, yeah, the book I only wrote so I could figure out uh, that I I wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, that was my my motive. Part of it is I, I do have really bad habits. Like I'm addicted to rage. That's my drug of choice. So just knowing that when I want it, when I can feel the, the reptile starting to come. There's a bit of me that's aware. I'm hearing the early stages. that And I, if I do let it rip, it can go down much faster. But if I really understand that if I let this out, the next day I'm going to have the worst hangover because that toxic uh, cortisol just comes back at you. After a while, you sort of learn, do I really want to give it to this mm-hmm. traffic cop because I'll be suffering for the next three days? And it slightly disperses. But if somebody attacks you again, you need that cortisol because you got to stab him, run, whatever. We need it. It's just that there's so many things now like road rage that everything is a threat. I didn't get enough likes is a threat. I didn't shop enough is a threat. It's just the 21st century that's 
uh, a little out of whack because our our cognitive brain really flew, you know, and developed, but our emotional side really didn't catch up. So now for evolution, we're going to have to take hold of the wheel rather than wait for the next thumb because it ain't going to happen. We have enough thumbs. So how can we take hold of the wheel and change these bad habits? Let me just say the book isn't about mindfulness. It's just I have a monk. And it's scientifically the evidence swings in favor of mindfulness. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. But whatever you do, you have to practice it. You don't learn mathematics. You don't learn anything you do, even walking. He can tell you how to how it yeah, works. I don't think it's the only way. And um, in fact, even if you can just get somebody to recognize the possibility of change, if you see that it's your that your mind state is is creating how you view the world, you've already stepped back. And sure, if you're drawn to mindfulness, meditation, that's great. That gives you techniques. But there are many other ways as well. Because I think a big part of um, CBT is kind of similar. Yeah. Where you have that to acknowledge. Good, the best results yeah. too. Ruby yeah. was telling me that combining the two is amazing as oh, well. That's what I yeah. study. Yeah. Yeah. Mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. Yeah. They seem like natural kind of partners. Because it is about recognizing the thought patterns. Thought. Yeah. 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 And a therapist, a CBT, helps you recognize your patterns. That's the therapy. So mindfulness is exactly the same thing without the therapist. Mm. You're watching. Mm. You're talking to yourself. So you're saving a lot of money. Yeah, which is always a benefit. You can pay yourself. Oh, actually, that could work. I like that idea. Spend the money you would spend on a therapist exactly. on yourself. Go shopping. Yeah. I'm down for that. That sounds Buy brilliant. Buy the handbag now. Yeah. yeah. Done. Why give it to a therapist? Exactly. She doesn't need a handbag. No, she's fine. Uh, Ruby, I suppose this is a slightly more personal question, but you've had a fantastic um, comedic career and now you've spoken out about mental health. But do you ever wish that you'd not spoken out? You're like the mental health oh, person yeah. now. Yeah, that's the poster girl, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is that was something I wrote in a show, but this book isn't. So, I mean, if you ask me the best time of my life, it was when I won the canoe contest at camp. But for some reason, nobody's that interested. It's just a phase and then another phase. And then you write about your mental health and then it could have ended there. It's like a comedian who keeps talking about their weight. This book has nothing to do with mental illness. Um, I'm, you know, I mention it because it's like part of my equipment. Mm. But you move on, and then I happen to get interested in how the brain works, and next time it might be physics or quantum physics. I don't know. It's just I move on because of my interest. I'm not really holding on to something I did in the past. But I'm really happy I did what I did and started Frazzle Cafes, which helps other people. You know, um, that really is my charity. And I'm that's my baby. So that came out of that. And now this is something else. Do you have any plans to go back to canoeing? I did canoe two weeks ago. It's kayak. Oh, similar. I kayaked about two weeks ago and dolphins. I'm not making this up. We're circling my kayak and going under it. I screamed. I just sat there and screamed alone, alone. (laughs) Then she emailed me and said she'd reached enlightenment. Yes, I was enlightened. Maybe there were no dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for asking about the canoeing. See, it worked out. Yeah, I think a lot of kind of finding enlightenment or happiness is just doing something where you're like, I just like it. Yeah. It just feels good. And that's similar but with it, The thing is when I'm, let's say, uh, about to do a show or, you know, I'm going for a job, I can't get out a kayak. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough. 
you know, to actually say, fill your sink, I'm kayaking. So part of this mindfulness thing is how do you retain that feeling when you need it? Yeah. You can't do it, but there is a moment where you have to, what, when you're doing an activity you love, you're actually doing something physical. You're lowering cortisol. So now you have to, the trick is learning how to do it when your boss is screaming at you. Mindfulness makes it portable because you're taking your mind wherever you kayak. go. Mm-hmm. Kayak. So, so your mind. You don't need equipment. It's you inside yourself making those changes. But don't kid yourself when you are, you know, happiness is that kayak. There's no question. And the thing is, though, I can't kayak all Just the time. Just do both. Yeah. Well, the reason th- happiness works is you're present. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. There's no doubt. You're not present when you're scared. So that's the thing to aim for. Uh, but it's almost impossible. But he does it. And at least I practice yeah. doing it in the hope that someday I could be present when the shit hits the fan and not take the blow. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, that was Thanks brilliant. a lot. No, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thanks very much, Ruby and Tubton. If you'd like to learn more about what we've been chatting about, grab Ruby's new book. It's called How to Be Human, The Manual. And it's out now. Yes. She's also got lots of other great books, um, but this is the new one. So this is the one you have to read So maybe read this one now and then go through her back catalogue. Also, even if you aren't a massive Ruby fan, which you should be, Mm. obviously, there's also a monk and a neuroscientist. Yeah, exactly. Something for everyone. Yeah. Definitely worth reading. Obviously, thanks to Sam Bonham, our producer, and to Lucy Baker, who does our brilliant jingles. If you've enjoyed Mentally Yours, please rate us and give us a review. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at Mentally Yours. We also have a lovely Facebook group called Mentally Yours, where you can come and chat about uh, mental health or just all things in general, really. We love a bit of a natter, don't we? We generally sort of mention who we're going to be chatting to the next few weeks. get a sneak preview. Yeah, so get a sneak preview. Sometimes we ask for suggestions of things if you'd like us to ask some random famous person something mm. you can do that or you can just listen to me rant about my own mental health experiences yeah because I just use that as a place to vent yeah which is fun so that's it for this week see you next time hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.